Just a few words before I get into our study. You know, and the benefit of a, of a church family uh, is that we are <clears throat> instructed and given guidance uh, how that we can encourage one another, um, we pray for one another, and we support one another uh, in the glad times and then also in the sad times. Some of the glad times are, uh, Brother Brian shared with me that he was in horrible pain this week and um, didn't know what to do except pray to the Lord. And he said immediately after that, uh, his pain was gone. And so that's a glad thing. I'm glad for that, Brother Brian. Uh, I'm glad Winston was in the hospital. Uh, yesterday, he did not sound good at all, but then I get a glad report that he's doing better, relatively speaking, and uh, I'm glad for that. Then there are sad things that we need to support each other and pray for one another. Bonnie is still in the hospital, and they're still trying to figure out exactly what's causing all of her episodes and things that she's going through. And, you know, sometimes we think that the doctors have all the answers when in fact they have no answer. And so that's, to me, that's sad. I, you know, I, I hate to see anyone suffer. And then of course, uh, the Ferguson family, uh, Linda passed away early this morning. And, you know, it's sad on the one hand, on the other hand, she was ready to go and was tired of, as she said, what life has dished out to me. Uh, she was tired of suffering and so, but we still wanna pray for the, for the family, for Howard and the family. And, uh, and I think that is the benefit, that I would say an unrealized benefit by the world uh, that we live in is, is the church family or in the church fellowship, our, those, all of us who share our faith in the Lord, um, we don't do it independently. We, we do it in, in the shadow and in the light of one another. And when the time comes that we can be glad, we're glad with each other. But when the time comes that we're sad, we're sad with each other. So this morning, I want us to give thought, pause, and honor to the Lord uh, for guiding our steps and guiding, and that's my prayer, and I, I know all of ours, to guide each of these that I've mentioned continually guiding, guiding them. So this morning, I want to speak a little bit um, about... Um, and it's not really about the church, it's actually about who we in the church trust, and that is God. I titled it Defiance or Reliance because that seems to be a catch really what I want to say. I read an interesting series of interesting articles and essays over the last, I'd say, month or so that were fairly interesting in that they were comparing, uh, contrasting the various generations uh, that we have in our country, uh, you know, you, and again, I can say these, may not know exactly who they are, but the Generation Z and 
millennials and, uh, you know, Generation X and Boomer. I do know I'm a Boomer. I, I, I figured that one out. Um, but it, what's interesting is that there is a, a large segment of each of the generations uh, that uh, are, are actually what I would call or what we call contrarians. And by that, they, have a, they view it as a virtue to cut against the grain for whatever it is. In other words, if it's, um, if it's organized religion, they believe in cutting against that grain, or in, in our government, cut against the grain. And where that comes from is a very strong belief in individuality, uh, and it's been around a long, long time, but we're now seeing uh, I think the unintended consequences of this so-called independence, independence. In other words, I will do it as, uh, as was said by Frank, so I'll do it my way, you know, I'll do it my way. There is an unintended consequence in that, in, in that once you do that, once uh, imagine that if our whole country, our whole culture uh, devolves into individuality, what you actually lose is you lose the very thing I was talking about, which is the community. Now, once you lose a community, uh, you end up losing uh, support in your life uh, for every season and every scenario that comes down the pipe. Because as an individual, and you've cut your own way, uh, you, you, you haven't, you haven't uh, committed yourself or trusted yourself to other people. Uh, you also lose, the more we are in individualistic, we also lose the view or the value of a greater, higher purpose than myself. Right now we're in a culture that that seems to be the uh, aspiration of many, many people is just the satisfaction of themselves. And we've seen, uh, I, I, interesting, I learned another word and what it meant, influencer. Uh, you know, I've learned about that and everything, but I've, what's caught my eye is not so much how much they influence, but how foolish some of them are. As an influencer, they'll get on the edge of a cliff, take a selfie so they can put it out to their 800,000 people and fall off the cliff. Or they'll come up with some idea to clean their face only to discover that it's very acidic and it just takes off the skin. But they're an influencer. When we are so individualistic, we, we lose the, the true value and benefit of what I had mentioned before, the church family. So how is it that we, as God's people, uh, can nurture that? Well, certainly not by being an individual or being a contrarian. If we're a contrarian, in other words, we're contrary to everything else, it's exactly what was read in Romans. We are not going to be conformed by the world. We're going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And that is actually contrarian in its, in its own right. So this morning, I'd like for us, just for a short period of time, to think about and let me share some things uh, out of... Out of the book of Proverbs, the Proverbs, and it's a very familiar passage. Trust the Lord, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. 
Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. It cuts against our nature. I'd say our human nature. And that's one of the flaws of our nature is that as a human nature, we believe that or we have the feeling that we know best what is best for us. And the reason for that is because, as some have said, if, if I believe something is, is right, uh, then I believe it's right for everyone. And so we, we begin to think that it's true because I believe it. Well, why do you believe it? Well, because it's true. And we get into this circular way of thinking, and you think, well, that sounds kind of abstract. Not really, because you'd be surprised about how many people actually take that at face value and say, well, uh, I believe it, so it must be true. When we do that, we're neglecting a very important part of how we even gain knowledge, okay? Let me explain it this way. Our understanding, our knowledge, uh, let's say apart from God, our knowledge comes from what we see, touch, taste, or hear, all right? And our mind is uh, either like a, a sieve or, as one of the old writers said, like a, like a blank tablet. Whatever we take in, whatever we hear, whatever we take through our senses, it, it's either going to be etched on, on that, etched on our, our mind, or, or it's going to come through that sieve. And at that point, we choose whether or not we're going to believe something or not believe something. Well, the problem with that is this. Whatever's on the outside then comes and begins to be the inside, yourself. And so that's why it's so important that you've heard, you know, you've got to be careful what you read, what you see, what you do, because that's what shapes yourself. And when ourself is shaped by ourself, no wonder we find ourselves on the edge of a cliff taking pictures, falling off, or putting acid on our face and taking the flesh off. When we trust our self... We are, again, living a life, living our lives individually as if we know exactly what is the right thing to do. There are several categories, and I've mentioned this before uh, several years ago, but I've observed it even more so that if, if we just listen to ourselves, we can be tempted to trust in, let's say, money, all right? Like Jesus gave the story of the rich fool, he trusted in himself and he trusted in, in, in money and he thought that he would have it forever and everything would be well. Yet that night, his soul was required of him and that, that question, that piercing question was asked, now whose things will these riches be? That's why we can't trust ourselves about riches. We can't trust ourselves, I don't think. Uh, about even politics or government or man's uh, system of doing things. Listen, a lot of our problems, if not the majority, and I would say even possibly all of them, is because of our, our own wisdom of how we need to take care of humanity. We're the ones who have created a lot of these issues. So why in the world would we trust ourselves to get us out of the issues? We can't. The other thing that we sometimes listen to ourselves more than anything is we think that, well, I'm smarter than everyone else, and, you know, I'll just trust myself. Uh, you know, the scriptures have some very 
very specific things to say about that. Uh, writer of Proverbs says in Proverbs 28, he says, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Well, that applies to all of us. So that's why that I, I think this particular Proverbs, I text, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Because if we, if we do, it says in all our ways, if we acknowledge the Lord, he will direct our paths. And I can promise you, he will not direct us to be on the edge of a cliff, taking a picture of ourselves, getting it off to our people. He, he will not do that. He leads us down the paths of righteousness. He leads us where there is calm and comfort and direction. But if we insist on being defiant to God, or if we, let me say it this way, if we allow our culture, our world to conform us, then we are failing to understand what this particular proverb says. We're not to forget his teaching. We're, we're in fact, as God's people, we're invited, we're instructed, we have the opportunity to be brought into his, his family, his household, by becoming children of God. But if we are shaped by our world, which many people are, yeah, it's obvious, many people are shaped by wh whatever flitters across some sort of media or something, if we are shaped by that, then we are truly living defiantly against God and what God has offered to each of us. When it says trust in the Lord, you know, trust in him, that means that I'm confident and I believe that the, the word of the Lord is right. You know, I mean, when you, these that I've just mentioned, those in the hospital, those that have just lost someone they've loved, I, I can say this, they, they trust the Lord. Whatever may come, they're trusting the Lord for whatever steps they should take, need to take, maybe don't know which way to go, but they are trusting the Lord. And with our whole heart, that means that we are to trust the Lord uh, with everything that we have. Uh, our heart, our mind, we trust him. We believe in him. If we need change in our heart or our mind, we trust that the Lord will give us that direction and show us how to have that. When it says lean not, what that literally means is do not try to support yourself with yourself. And what that says is, is that's the importance of understanding, as I said, the family, the church, the people of God. We are a community, and this community has one aspiration, and that is that we are not going to lean to our own understanding, but we're going to trust in the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and spirit. And when it says, all thy ways, all thy ways, that means a job, that means a relationship, that means your neighbor, how you treat. In every way that we have in our lives, we need to seek the Lord and how to do that. That's why I'm convinced that some of the greatest instruction on how to live is the Sermon on the Mount, because when you read it and you look at it, you see that Jesus Christ covers every aspect of our lives, from worship to neighbors to people who borrow money, who don't pay it back. He covers everything. And another interesting footnote to that 
is that the rest of his life, throughout the Gospels, we see that he didn't just teach it, he actually lived it. He turned the other cheek. He went the extra mile. He, he did everything that he said we should do. And we know that he has now been given a name above all names and is on the right hand of God, makes intercession for those who are in need. So the scriptures, our text here says that when we acknowledge him, he shall direct our paths. We've all been there. There are two or three ways we can turn. We're not for sure which way. We find that we'll consider one of the paths because it makes, more, let's say, more money. Or we'll find that we'll consider another path because it just is, is, would be a better job or something. Those are the times we need God to direct our paths because we don't know which road to take. And if we acknowledge him and we trust him, he will light up the right path that we're to walk down. We may not can see it, but we will know completely in our heart what is the right path to take. I was thinking about this in our life and in different ones that I've mentioned and in the past and everything, and I, and I think that it comes down to that it, it is a very dangerous thing to just simply trust in ourselves only. You know, Moses gave instruction to the people because they, he recognized when he was bringing them out of, uh, of Egypt, God had blessed them. They had said, we'll, we'll trust God, we'll follow him. And what did he do? He led them through a wilderness. But in the wilderness, they began to murmur. They began to, I guess, cry about what they didn't have rather than what they had. And Moses gave them a very, very stark, straight instruction and correction. He says, remember, God gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known. He says, but you may say to yourself, well, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, because it is he who gives. We cannot rely just on ourselves. And besides that, it's a lonely road, you know, especially when we find ourselves in seasons that we did not expect. The writer of uh, Proverbs says essentially the same thing. There is a way which seems right unto mankind or man, but the end thereof are always the ways of death. The, uh, you know, when we look at the apostle um, Paul, he said this, if someone... And he knew this. If someone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. David, he wrote in another psalm, he said, Trust in God at all times. God is our refuge. So this morning, as I was thinking about this, and I wanted to share at least my thoughts on this, we should not, we must, as as. God's people understand the value and the benefit of being in a family, in a community of believers who, who are directed by God. God directs our paths. And the interesting thing is that we're all on kind of different paths, different backgrounds and things, but somehow in his infinite wisdom, God is able to bring about a community. 
Jesus did exactly the same thing with 12 completely different men, but he brought them together. Why? Because they followed him. They trusted him. So this morning, as a church and as a family of believers, let's recommit to our, in our hearts and minds that it's all right for us to be contrarians to the world. In fact, we have the better benefit. God will direct our paths whatever season we find ourselves in, as long as we don't forget his teachings, as long as we let his commands and his instructions rest in our heart. And then, we, then when we can read again what the text says, it seems to make more sense, all right? So here it is in conclusion. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning that we can come to you for every need that we have in our lives. I'm thankful, Lord, that your unseen hand can be seen by us when you touch people and their heart and you comfort them. I pray, Lord, that we would continue, as the scriptures tell us to, to seek refuge in your shadow and to trust that unseen hand that we know and we feel in our own lives. I pray that you would be with these in our church family, Lord, that have needs. Guide the physicians, guide the doctors, Lord. Give support and courage. I thank you for blessing families in the past, Lord. Last week, Lord, as Ron lost his mother, yet it was such a joyous occasion that she had followed you all of her life. I pray, Lord, that we would be that family of God, that we can simply trust you. May we support each other in the good times, yes, but Lord, may we encourage one another in the sad times, and we'll give you the honor for it in our Lord's name. Amen. Let's stand this morning as we come to a close. 598, let's sing together as we come to a close this morning.